and welcome to the EBPL podcast, brought to you by the East Brunswick Public Library. We are known as our community's living room, so in this podcast, you will enjoy original, exclusive content, as well as encore presentations from events you have missed. This event was presented as part of our Just for the Health of It initiative. Just for the Health of It is a proprietary health literacy program developed by the East Brunswick Public Library to promote health literacy in Middlesex County. To learn more, visit justforthehealthofit.org. Now, enjoy the program. Welcome and thank you for joining us this afternoon for today's Lunch and Learn Diabetes and Hearing Loss. My name is Kathy Curran and I'm a Consumer Health Librarian at East Brunswick Public Library. Today's program is brought to you by Hackensack Meridian Health and the Libraries Just for the Health of It initiative to promote community health and wellness. Our speakers today are Sarah Cater, AUD, CCCA, and Vincenti Zapanta, MD. Dr. Vincenti T. Zapanta is an experienced otolaryngologist located in Parlin, New Jersey. He serves as medical director of the Center for Balance and Hearing at Old Bridge Medical Center and Raritan Bay Medical Center. His specialties include head and neck surgery, neurosurgery, otolaryngology, and plastic surgery. Sarah E. Cater, AUD, CCCA, is the program coordinator for the Center for Balance and Hearing at Old Bridge Medical Center and Raritan Bay Medical Center. She is also board certified in precepting doctoral students through the American Academy of, of Audiology. Cater has been practicing for 24 years at various hospitals in the New York and New Jersey areas. Please be aware that this talk is being recorded. Please keep your microphones muted and your webcams off. When available, the recording will be ready for viewing at ebpl.org slash YouTube. If you have any questions, please type them into the chat box. Our speakers will answer questions at the end of the talk. Please be aware that the speakers cannot provide medical advice to attendees during this program. And without further ado, I'll turn things over to Dr. Cater. Thank you, Catherine, for um, collaborating with us on this. It's a very exciting opportunity to bring information that is really cutting edge uh, to the community about the link between diabetes and hearing loss. Um, as you said, I am an audiologist and an audiologist specializes in both hearing and balance. And we will be talking about both of those today. And Dr. Zapanta is an otolaryngologist. Um, if you're having trouble getting your tongue around that, we sometimes just call him an ENT. Stands for ear, nose, and throat. So let's dive in. Um, our goals for today will be to discuss the prevalence of hearing loss and diabetes. So how common is hearing loss in patients with diabetes and vice versa? We're gonna talk a little bit about why hearing loss occurs with diabetes, what the impact of hearing loss is on quality of life, and also some best practice recommendations. What can you do? What, what, where do we take it from here? There are many medical conditions that have hearing loss as a secondary condition to the, that medical condition. Diabetes is one of them. Hypothyroidism is another. Multiple sclerosis. Chronic renal disease, so problems with the kidneys. Alport syndrome, 
Paget's disease, Kogan's syndrome, and others. The reason that we're talking about this today is because um, diabetes is very, very common. There are 34 million people in the United States. One in 10 residents in America have diabetes. And that's people who actually are diagnosed with diabetes. But there are even way more, 88 million, who have prediabetes. They're starting to get the symptoms of diabetes, but they don't quite have them yet. Actually, one in three people have prediabetes. And if you look at people over age 65, it's one in four. Um, now, let's talk about hearing loss. Hearing loss affects 37.5 million people in the world, 15% of American adults, and 25% of adults, when you look at adults from um, age 65 to 74, 50% of adults, I'm sorry, 25% between the ages of 65 and 74, and 50% when you look at patients that are older than um, 75. Now, when we look at those numbers together, what happens when we overlap them? We find that hearing loss is twice as common in people who have diabetes compared to people that don't. So patients with prediabetes, hearing loss is 30% more common than in those who do not have diabetes, who have absolutely normal glucose levels. So we're seeing there is definitely a relationship between the two. It becomes even more clear when you look at younger patients, even though diabetes and hearing loss are both more common in older patients, when you look at younger patients who don't have a lot of other medical stuff going on, and you look at those patients in their 30s and 40s who have diabetes, many, many more of them have hearing loss than when you compare it to patients in their 30s and 40s who don't have diabetes. It becomes a little murky in the older population because there are so many other variables that can also affect hearing. I'm gonna ask Dr. Zapanta now to provide his expertise in talking about the mechanisms of diabetes and hearing loss and some of the anatomy. Dr. Zapanta? Yeah, hi. Uh, the uh, problem with uh, diabetes is it affects the uh, vascularity that, su that supplies the inner ear cochlear vestibular system, the hearing and the balance system. So uh, as the diabetes becomes under control, it reduces the blood flow to the inner ear system and affects the hearing and the balance. So the earlier you uh, diagnose the patient and control the blood sugar, you can mitigate the uh, prevention of further damage to the inner ear system. There are some uh, autotoxic drugs that can also affect uh, uh, the inner ear from uh, the treatment of diabetes. So all of these things has to be taken into uh, consideration. This is what I was talking about. As complex as the, uh, the hearing and the balances of the ear, they only get one small blood supply from the brainstem. And in, uh, in diabetes, this is the one that first affected the blood supply to the uh, inner ear system that uh, produces problem with the hearing and the balance. This is a uh, representation of the uh, hearing mechanism uh, of the inner ear. 
uh, we're talking about the uh, middle, middle part of the uh, inner ear, the hair cells. These are all supplied by uh, one single very tiny blood vessel that goes into the inner ear. So in the presence of diabetes, that affects the uh, vascularity of the inner ear and creates further damage to the ear. Uh, this is just uh, telling you how bad uh, uncontrolled diabetes can produce a severe inflammation of the pinna of the ear that affects the cartilage. And if uh, diabetes is not well controlled, it creates infection that further damage to and uh, damage to the cartilage of the ear and causes deformity. So this is usually very significant and like an emergency treatment that needs to be done in patients like uh, uh, having an infection in the ear like this. Okay, I'm gonna jump back in and I'm gonna talk about what happens if there is hearing loss and it's not treated? And there's a lot of things that we find in patients who have hearing loss that's not treated. And for many years, um, I would give a, uh, a group for patients with newly diagnosed hearing loss. And we would talk about, you know, how does it feel to have hearing loss? And embarrassment is one of the things that patients would repeatedly tell me. Um, that it really, it feels, it feels embarrassing to have hearing loss. They would also talk about fatigue, that trying to listen when listening is difficult really makes you tired. And of course, being tired makes you irritable. I'm a real expert on that. Um, another thing about hearing loss is because you're working so hard, it increases tension and stress. And another emotion that patients talk about is really feeling very alone. That, that avoidance of social activities and withdrawal from relationships makes them feel very, very lonely. And guess what happens when you feel lonely? Depression, negativism. There's also a, a, a different aspect of danger to personal safety. So some people say, you know what? I'm home by myself. I don't really need to hear things. But what about safety? If somebody's trying to ring the doorbell to find you, and make sure that you're okay or to tell you something important and you can't hear that doorbell, it's a real safety issue there. Patients also talk about feeling socially rejected. Um, they talk about that, you know, they're, they're at a family gathering, we have Thanksgiving coming up and, you know, everyone starts laughing and they miss the joke and they say, what was so funny? And what do they hear? Never mind. And that feels like social rejection. We also see that um, and this is a talk for another time, but there's a really um, strong correlation between memory and cognition and hearing loss. So as um, people walk around with hearing loss that's not treated, we see effects to their memory and their ability to learn new tasks. And that affects job performance for patients that are still working. And remember, we mentioned before that when you have diabetes, hearing loss can even affect you when you're in your 30s and your 40s, and you're still working on a, um, on a regular basis. So again, there's that diminished psychological effect um, overall, um, and which, which then affects your overall health. So I know you're all muted, but think to yourself for a second about what part of the body do you hear with? Dr. Zapanta, if I asked you, what part of the body do you hear with, what would you say? 
<laughs> she would say the ear, which is a logical answer. But I'm gonna, it's a trick question. And I think the real answer is we actually hear with our brains. So we could put as much as we want into the ear, but if the brain can't process that sound, it doesn't help us. And what we know is that people who have hearing loss and are not stimulating their brains, they get something called auditory deprivation. So their brain loses the ability to know what to do with that sound. An analogy that I find very helpful, um, we're going to soon, hope not too soon, be getting into snow season. And I live on a dead end street with very little traffic. So even if I just get two inches of snow on the ground, my street is a mess. But this main street that I live off of, there's a lot of traffic there. And the, the traffic clears the street really well. And that's what happens with the pathways in hearing. When we send a lot of information up those pathways, they become clear and the information travels well. But when we have hearing loss and we're not sending a lot of information, the pathways become less clear, like they're covered with snow. And it becomes more difficult when we can hear the information to process it. So if we don't stimulate over time, the brain's ability to understand speech is affected. Good news is that using hearing aids does help. All right, so if you have a little pen, paper, and you want to participate with this quiz, or if you just want to count on your hands, we're going to go through 10 quick questions. And I want you to answer each question with the answer yes, sometimes, or no. And I'm going to tell you ahead of time that if you answer yes to a question, you should give it four points. If you answer sometimes, you should give it two points. And if you answer no, then you don't get any points at all. So ask yourself, does the hearing problem cause me to feel embarrassed when I meet new people? So yes, sometimes, or no. Next question, does a hearing problem cause you to feel frustrated when talking to members of your family? Again, answer yes, sometimes, or no. Do you have difficulty hearing when someone speaks in a whisper? A lot of patients say everyone seems to be mumbling these days. When everyone is mumbling, the problem might not be with the speakers and it might be with your hearing. Again, answer yes, sometimes or no. Do you feel handicapped by a hearing problem? And I believe that is a spelling error. I apologize for that. Um, do you feel handicapped by your hearing problem? Does your hearing problem make you unable to do all the things that you want to do? Answer yes, sometimes, or no. Does a hearing problem cause you difficulty when visiting friends, relatives, or neighbors? Number six, does a hearing problem cause you to attend religious services less often than you would like? Why should I go? I'm not really going to understand anything anyway. It's not enjoyable for me. Does a hearing problem cause you to have arguments with family members? Some patients, patients have different reactions to their hearing loss and some of them say, you didn't say that and they start arguing. You're not talking to me right, that's your fault. And so are, is hearing causing arguments is this question. Just three more. Does hearing problem cause you difficulty when listening to TV or radio? And I'm gonna ask you to modify this question just a little bit in your hand without turning up the volume, okay? So if the volume is set by somebody with normal hearing and you have to watch the TV like that, 
Do you have trouble without turning it up? Do you feel that any difficulty with your hearing limits or hampers your personal or social life? Are you not doing some of the things that maybe you would do if you could communicate better? And lastly, one of the areas that many, many patients talk about having trouble with is eating in restaurants. Not the eating part, but the communicating part. Why do we go to restaurants? Most often it's not just for the food, it's for that social experience. So are you having trouble understanding people when you're in a restaurant? Okay, time for a little math. So how many points did you get? Just a reminder, yes is four points, sometimes it's two points, and never is zero points. If you scored between zero and eight, there's only a 13% probability that you have hearing loss. And a hearing test would probably not be appropriate for you at this time. If you scored between 10 and 24, it's 50-50. So there's a, there's a very good chance that you have a hearing loss, but maybe not. And it's probably a good idea for you to talk to your doctor about getting a referral. If you scored more than 26 points, then you have an 84% probability of hearing impairment and you should have a, a hearing test. So this is a test um, which was um, originally uh, created by uh, Ventry and Weinstein, and it is specifically designed as a self-measure of uh, a way to screen your hearing. Okay, let's go back to speaking. To, so that was kind of about hearing loss in general. Let's talk a little bit now about diabetes. So pretty recently in January, 2021, um, the standard of medical care in diabetes was revised. And now audiology, so study of hearing and balance has been added to the table on referrals for initial diabetes care management. That means that when a patient is diagnosed with diabetes, um, they, are, um, they should have some audiology care. We'll talk about that more specifically. This is the actual language. Um, and again, what happened was they um, analyzed a lot of, of data and they found that hearing impairment was so much more prevalent as we talked about in the beginning and therefore it should be assessed. And this is what they recommended should happen. First of all, when a patient is um, screened, um, is identified with diabetes, they should have their hearing screened at that point. Once they have that initial screening, they should have assessments of their hearing once a year. If the patient has hearing loss, hearing aids should be encouraged. And it is a good idea to use an audiologist for comprehensive hearing services. So sometimes people will get a screening done by a medical technician, uh, maybe in their doctor's office or by uh, a hearing aid dispenser. And there's a little bit of a difference in the qualifications of those professionals and the type of hearing test that you'll get. So an audiologist is a great idea. All right, so I think the obvious question here is, can I avoid the hearing loss? If I have the diabetes, I've done everything I can, I still have the diabetes, can I avoid the hearing loss? So the first thing is, well, maybe you could prevent the development of diabetes. Remember, we talked about that very large group of people that has prediabetes. And there are things that can be done to 
try to prevent that pre-diabetes from becoming um, full-blown diabetes. So that's one thing. So by managing the diabetes, we can prevent further damage to the ears. The other thing is because with diabetes, we are at higher risk for hearing loss, we wanna reduce other risk factors, unrelated ones, like noise exposure. So everybody has noise in their life, um, but some of us have noisier lives than others. If you are somebody who mows your own lawn, if you are somebody who uses power tools, or maybe you use guns recreationally or for work, um, those are noise exposures. And the noise exposure can cause hearing loss, but can be avoided by wearing hearing protection. All right, so you've heard of the expression, a canary in the coal mine, if you haven't. Um, a canary in the coal, canaries were used in coal mines to determine whether the air quality was good. So rather than risk sending a person down and finding out the hard way that there was poor air quality, they would first send down a canary. I am not speaking to whether that was very nice to the canaries right now, but that's where the expression comes from. Now I'm gonna say that the cochlea, as Dr. Zapanta explained, is a very, very sensitive organ and it's very, very tiny. And it has a very small blood supply that all the blood in the cochlea comes from. And because of that, it may show damage before other systems in the body that are larger and a little bit less delicate um, start to show damage. So hearing loss might even be the first sign of diabetes. So if one in five patients with diabetes doesn't know that they have diabetes, maybe hearing loss could be an early sign. So maybe if you know that you have hearing loss, but you're not sure about the diabetes, maybe it's something to check. Okay, so just one of the things that I think about when I think about patients with diabetes is we know that patients with diabetes can have neuropathy. So they have decreased sensitivity in their extremities. And one of the challenges with hearing aids is that they work on very, very small batteries. And so if you can't deal with very small things and you have diabetes and your neuropathy is making your fingers not sensitive, that could be a challenge but we have solutions. So nowadays we have hearing aids with rechargeable batteries. You don't have to work with those teeny tiny batteries and you could just plug them into the charger and you don't have to worry about that. I always tell my patients, if you're having a problem and it's related to hearing, don't just decide on your own that it can't be taken care of. Let's talk about it. We have lots of, of um, creative solutions. So some people will say, is hearing loss really that important? I mean, I have diabetes. Diabetes can be life-threatening. There are, are systems in the body that can be affected by diabetes that are really, really important for just basic health. Hearing loss seems like almost like decorative, but I'm gonna say that that's not quite true. Might be a little biased, but hearing loss is the thing that really affects our ability to communicate. Communication is inextricably tied to physical and mental health. So I think that it's really important. I remember once learning about, you know, providing hearing services to hospice patients, which we're not talking about today, but I'll just mention the idea there was, is this really important at this, per at this point in this patient's life? And the answer was, yeah, what could be more important at any point in a patient's life than connecting to people around you? And connecting to your family, then connecting to your friends, then connecting to your community. So I think that hearing loss is very, very important. 
Moving on from hearing loss, let's talk a little bit about diabetes and falls. So because the anatomy of the ear includes both the hearing mechanisms and the balance mechanisms, we're gonna have the same issues anatomically that if we decrease blood supply to the ear, balance can be affected. So what we find in the numbers is that vestibular or balance dysfunction is 2.3 times more likely in patients with diabetes. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, like we said, is because of the ear. But balance is also affected by vision and by feeling where your feet are, feeling where your body is. Remember, we talked before about diabetic neuropathy. If you can't really feel real well where your feet are on the floor, and maybe you can't compensate really well with your vision because your vision is blurred, then compensating for even a little bit of balance dysfunction can be very difficult. We also know that patients with type 2 diabetes are at increased risk for fractures when they fall. So maybe somebody has a balance problem and they fall a little bit, but you know, they catch themselves, they stand up, they're okay. Patient with type 2 diabetes who had that fall might actually have a fracture just from a small fall. We also know that dizziness is the number one complaint in patients over age 70. All right, if you're listening to my lecture and you're saying, wow, this is a lot of information, or you know, I know somebody who could use this information and I wish I could have something, I'm gonna refer you to um, the CDC's patient handout. So the Center for Disease Control and Prevention has this really nice handout and it talks about taking charge of your diabetes and hearing. Um, it talks about the steps you can take to keep your ears healthy. A lot of the things that we talked about today. It also talks about those mechanisms of how diabetes affects hearing loss. It talks about the signs of balance problems. It also talks about managing your ABCs. And here we're talking about the ABCs of diabetes. So the ABCs are diabetes are um, watching that A1C uh, managing your blood pressure, and then the C is for managing your cholesterol. And I guess there's ABCs have an S at the end because we would really like for you to stop smoking. So these are the, some of the things that you can do to manage your diabetes. And by managing the diabetes, we can prevent some hearing loss. All right, just a little bit about our practice. So the Center for Balance and Hearing has two locations. We have an Old Bridge location and a Perth Amboy location. We do balance testing at both locations. We do hearing testing only at our Old Bridge location. And Dr. Zapanza has, um, in addition to his duties as our medical director, he has a private practice, which is located in Parlin at 340, 340 Ernston Road. And I put our phone numbers and also my email address um, in case anyone does have a more personal question um, that they want to address. Okay, so I see that there is one question in the chat box and please feel free, this would be a great time to put in your questions or comments or anything you'd like us to talk about. Um, somebody said, and I think this was referring to the hearing handicap inventory. I wish you had asked about missing dialogue at the movies. That is often an issue and it certainly is. Um, you know, some patients, when I ask them about movies, they tell me, well, you know, movies are pretty loud, which is true. But the thing about movies is there's also a lot of background music, which makes listening very difficult. There also, the way that we shoot movies nowadays, it's not like it was 100 years ago. 
the actors often have their backs to the camera while they're speaking. So that's true. Previews are louder than the movies themselves. But we also don't have those visual cues all the time where we can't see the patient's face. And what happens with hearing loss is that patients will often say, well, sometimes I can hear and sometimes I can't. So the reason is because sometimes you can compensate and fill in the blanks, sometimes you can't. And things like background music and not being able to see a person's face are things that will affect your ability to compensate. Okay, the quest, next question is a really good one. Is diabetic hearing loss bilateral or can it be in one ear? Dr. Zapansi, you want to take that one? Yes, uh, okay. Hearing loss in diabetes depends on how much damage created in the inner ear system. So, uh, uh, so the only way you'll see that uh, one is worse than the other is to monitor the hearing by uh, repetition of the hearing test in about six to uh, 12 months. That way you can uh, rehabilitate the patient. So the cognitive function will be uh, preserved. So if a patient, let's say, has hearing loss in just one year, is it mm -hmm. likely that that hearing loss happened from the diabetes or is it more likely that there was another cause? Well, the only way you'll find out is by monitoring your hearing. Mm -hmm. Each one is different than their hearing. Yeah. Any other questions? So I think you're saying uneven hearing loss. I don't want to speak about your specific case, but I would just say that from my perspective, when a patient has hearing loss that is different in their two ears, we always want to figure out what it, why. You know, why is there a difference between the two ears? And that's when I refer to my uh, physician colleagues, the ENTs, to say, is there any reason? I like to tell patients, we want our bodies to be exactly symmetric. If we're not Denzel Washington, then they probably aren't. But we just want to check and make sure there's no underlying reason for the difference between the ears. Um, as far as MRIs being loud, I agree. If I have an MRI, I ask for hearing protection so that it won't be so loud. And, and, and they often offer it, in my experience. Okay, so I guess we'll just do a last call for questions. Okay, so I don't see any other questions coming in. Okay, so I want to just say thank you, Dr. Cater and Dr. Zapanta for taking the time to present on this topic and for answering all of our questions. And also thank you everyone for joining us for today's talk. So take care and stay safe. Thank you very thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. You can enjoy our previous episodes by subscribing now using your favorite podcasting app. To learn more about the East Brunswick Public Library, visit our website at www.ebpl.org.